Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. John Rally is a chef out of Sydney, Australia. He is very well known for his pastry chef ability. He's been in the pastry game in Sydney, especially in the Asian pastry market for quite some time. John is also a very accomplished hunter and quite enjoys the whole foraging, harvesting, killing, game preparation side of things. And obviously being a chef can make some phenomenal food. He recently moved out of Sydney, COVID sort of struck a chord with him and he moved out into the countryside and has almost just started an endeavor that sort of brings all of his loves together called the Bush River Kitchen. And so I had a conversation with John that was essentially the preamble to a lunch that he cooked for me of a fallow deer tenderloin with butternut puree with wild mushrooms in a venison au jus he spearfished bonito and we had that as almost like sashimi yes you're drooling i'm drooling it was an incredible meal have a listen to john it's a very short sharp conversation of a chef that really is now inspired to bring what happens in the field from a hunting perspective to a brand new audience in his bush river kitchen outside of sydney australia to a very influential non-hunting urbanite type crowd. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is... Does my hair look okay? My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a 
a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Easy, easy. This is like a little forgotten gem of the world right here, man. <laughs> it's not a bad spot. Holy smokes. It took not long. Well, I guess it's five hours this morning, but what's it from Sydney? Hour and 20. Hour and, hour half. and 20. Yep. To Bondi. So, and it's about another, well, where I go hunting, another two hours, two and a half. From here? Yeah. And what what's on the property that you hunt? Pigs, goats? Deer, raids, fellow. Yeah. Raids and fellow? Yep. Oh, so man. it's not a bad spot as where you've just come from. So yeah. yeah, same area. So it's amazing that, you know, there's very few places in this country, America, not in this country, in the world, America is not one of them that you can just, and think about this, what I'm about to say, yep. that you can just go hunt. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, uh, no limits. <laughs> or no target. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you just, I'm going to take my bow for a walk. Yeah. See what comes out first. <laughs> He'll do. I'm going to, oh, yeah. let's go stalk that goat. Let's go stalk that pig. Let's go stalk. Yeah. Oh, I've got venison running low in the freezer. Yeah. I'm going to take, a, you know, a doe, a yeah. fallow doe. Yeah. You always tend to go out for a hunt and it kind of, the plan always changes. <laughs> it's one of those ones. It's like, well, I've got enough deer. I'll, you know, goats come out. I'll mm -hmm. be like, well, I'll go, go out for a goat. I'm one of those ones that'll, I'll go out for one thing, but. Always change my mind halfway through. Oh man, yeah. Yesterday was an exceptional, exceptional day. It was the best bow hunting I've ever had. Period. Yeah. Just because it was such a target-rich environment. Yeah. Five arrows. I think I slung five arrows. <laughs> I slung five arrows yesterday. I had one arrow still left because I went and retrieved one arrow that missed. Yeah. I think the last time I went up there, I lost about four and, arrows and got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I said that was me starting off, and yeah, I haven't gotten any better. <laughs> John Rayleigh or Rally? Rally. Rally. I thought it was. I knew I was going to mess it up. <laughs> um, John Rayleigh, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thanks. I for appreciate me. the hospitality, man. Oh, good. Good to catch up. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself. What you do? Who you are? Uh, I've been a pastry chef, chef for the last twenty years. Um, yeah, gotten into hunting ever since then. So yeah. Since the age of about sixteen, did you grow up in the country? I grew up out like um yeah rural rural area so around Sydney or uh, elsewhere down near the Southern Highlands. Okay, yep. So out of Sydney, about same amount hour and hunting a half. was common. Thing uh, that people did. Not not kind of where I grew up, no. But um, would have a group of I had a group of friends and a friend's dad lived out in Orange, so I would always go visit him, and that's when kind of we. We hunted because his uncle always took us out, hmm. and uh, that's how I got into it. Okay. So it wasn't, I didn't grow up with it. No one in my family hunted. It was just something I got into, hanging out with friends out in the bush. We'd do it like once a year. We'd go out to Orange. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'd camp out and hunt. That huh. was just something we, yeah, mate's uncle would always take us out. He would go shoot it and make us go carry it out. <laughs> that was how we got into it. Um, How did the, the love of... Baking, baking and pastry stuff come about? Um, I guess I just kind of got into it. It wasn't one of those things that kind of happened and no no story behind it. It's just kind of got a job and, yeah, found passion in it and yeah. kept going. So, yeah, kind of loved it. The um, the pastry business here in Australia is big in terms of, like, you 
pies and sausage rolls. Yeah. yeah. It's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was one good thing of having my own bakery. I'd always try to sneak in some venison and uh, sell it through the shop. Not that it was very legal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. people would come after it. They would come you would sell it as a venison pie? Yeah. <laughs> and they would say, yep. Yeah. So sausage rolls, you name it. I'll try to yeah, always promote the wild game side of things through my bakery. Lift that mic up a little bit. I think it's touching the... There we go. Perfect. The five o'clock shadow yep. is scraping up against it. Um, what is... Do you think that... You know, we, we're always thinking about hunting and how it can be better perceived and how it can be better consumed by the general overnight in Sydney. Yep. Is there a future for venison in the food chain in Australia? 100%. Um, and there's a few people doing it out there now, but it's I think it's only starting to really take off. But yeah, some people you kind of have a chat with and be like, oh, you, you know, they don't even know that there's deer in Australia. <laughs> oh <my laughs> let, let alone, you know, that we, yeah, we've got it so, you know, widely available. Oh, it's an incredible resource. Yep, 100%. And uh, the government's not doing a great job with it, with all the culling and so on. Yeah, but let's talk about that. Because I, I, what, 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 what else would they do? You well, have to manage it. Correct. But they've, they should open, well, state to state is different. Like Victoria, you can hunt in national parks. Right. New South Wales, you're not allowed. Not allowed, period. Period. And uh, they, that's where they send most of the choppers up to kill them. But they won't allow uh, hunters in. Yeah, but hunters, do you think hunters could do the management? Uh, probably not all altogether, no. Yeah. But, yeah, with the amount of numbers, as you probably saw, mm -hmm. like that area gets culled. It was culled a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like, and there's still... 3,000 deer. There's, yeah. They still. they put these numbers down. I don't know if, how much of it's true. Or, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I saw, saw some numbers from up around that area last time. It was like 2,999 and mm -hmm. one goat and, mm -hmm. you know, one cat. <laughs> so they're not targeting goats and pigs and stuff like that when well, they cull? Um, pigs, yes. The goats, not really, because um, the landowners make money out of them. They do. Oh, good. They do. Um, they they, sell, they yeah. sell goat meat. Yeah, but that's the thing. They, they sell goat meat, but they, they don't sell Won't sell venison. Them. Yeah. There are a couple of people, as I said, doing it um, out there for human consumption. And they've, I think they just get um, private properties. And I don't know what the loopholes they would have to go through to yeah. actually sell it, which would probably be a fair bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think what about just getting it into the food chain for people who have nothing? Oh, 100%. But, but that's, yeah, the, the government will come and say it's a food safety thing or something along those lines. It's like, well, it's free protein, free meat. Yeah. Where some people, yeah, the government comes down with all their rules and regulations. I interviewed an old Maori guy in Taupo, and he talked about, um, he was receiving venison packages from the Seeker Foundation every week. Yeah. I said, what about the young people? Like, the, you know, would they take the meat? And he said, no, nah, they don't take it. Yeah. I said, why? And, they said, but he's, and his response right away was, because they're fussy. Yeah, that too. And I was like, well, you can't be that hungry if you're fussy. Yeah. Oh, I, the, you find the people, yeah, that don't eat stuff are usually the ones that are, you know, the fussy ones are massively overweight and so on. It's like, no, I don't eat that shit. Mm -hmm. That's very Australian. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. that generation, I guess. Yeah. Even, you know, a lot of people I've grown up with, you know, out in this, you know, couple of properties where they'd hunt and, but they wouldn't eat it. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> Is it, do you think they don't eat it because they think it, 
it's gamey? Do you think it because it tastes crap? I don't think they've ever tried it, to really be honest. Yeah, but with the everyone, perception. Perception, yeah, they, they do say gamey, but you put a good piece of venison beside a steak. Yeah. And, yeah. You just have to know it, how to cook it. Well, yeah, that's another thing. But that's, I guess, there's a lot of people out there, you know, restaurants are selling it. Venison's always been on the menu in a lot of fine dining restaurants. 100%. Yeah. It's so, like the thing yeah. in a fine dining yeah, restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Venison. And um, farm raised venison out of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all the farms here didn't really work, so that's why we've got these, you know, running around the hills, I guess, um, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I think that just. I think Australia, given how much deer resources on the landscape, that there is such an opportunity. There shouldn't be someone who is hungry in Australia, given the resource that is on the landscape. No, and no, I think that's a. That's another reason why I don't like these culls, I guess, because it's just getting wasted. wasted. Yeah. Mm. If they were to manage it properly, I don't know, you know, and just, yeah, do it a bit better way where it wouldn't go to waste, even if it goes to pet food or whatever. Yeah. But just to sit yeah, on the ground and pet rot. food, exactly. And then to, ha- you know, say we've got problems with foxes and everything else, well, you're just feeding them. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in terms of... Um Hunting, I you know, we, I walked in your place and I've just, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that you've you've hunted. Hunted around the world? Just New uh, Zealand, I've, Aussie? I've done New Zealand. I've done France. France? My, my partner's French. So okay. every holiday I go, her best friend's partner, hunt, uh, dad hunts. Nice. So it took me a couple of years to, for him to finally take me out. Of I course. kept begging him, begging him. He's like, no, no, Estate no. hunting, right? A big estate estate hunting uh they've got like their zones yeah. he's got a little shack up in the alps wow and it, they've got like their little clubs have got the zones yeah and they've got their own little meetings and everything and he's taking me to meetings now and he's you know i don't understand i understand sure. a little bit of french but yeah. um i can't speak it and he can't speak english but we get along <laughs> and uh, i think that's the best part so yeah i think last year i went what out. does he get to hunt what did you get to hunt i've got a road deer up on the oh, wall very nice just a little road deer um i've done a road deer hunt with him twice now was it a driven hunt or just spot and stalk? Uh, he's got dogs. Oh. Yeah, it's amazing, like with the little bells on them. Yeah. So you can hear them. They just go and round them up and bring them back. It was like... They, they're, they're pushing the deer to you. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never, never done that before. And, uh, well, you see the terrain and it's like, yeah, the smart, like it's fucking steep, big, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. French Alps, it's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. And I'm like, yeah, okay, makes sense. You got, Did you, you have a... When, you, when he first told you that we're hunting with dogs... No perception of I, dog hunting there with you? I'm all up for anything. Okay. <laughs> and as I said, I didn't realise, you know, okay, okay, cool, it's dogs, you know. But then when you're out there in this terrain, it's like, it just makes sense. Makes it's sense. like, well, fucking, you know, work smart, not hard. Yeah. So, yeah, so the first time I did it, yeah, we pretty much, I, I was pretty much given up on the hunt. I was like, well, just, you know, sitting back, enjoying the scenery. I'm like, oh. This is amazing. Like, this is fucking, you know, the snow on the mountains. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, this steep country. And I'm there taking some photos. And all I hear is a little bell come around the corner. I just see two deer pop around. I'm like, oh, shit. So I t- took the gun out, just loaded it straight away and just dropped it. And he's like, did you shoot it? And I'm like, yeah. I shot the small one. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you shot the small one. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I shot one at least. But yeah, yeah, it was only, uh, it was time of year where you weren't allowed to take bucks. Yeah, only, so only does. Only the does. So mm-hmm. yeah. That was perfect. Good eating. That was amazing. So, first time eating roe deer as well. Is, is Are you almost like have to be the chef with your father-in-law? Uh, uh, we took him, we, got, we cooked, him, um, cooked him a dinner and everything at the end of it. 
So that was quite good. So yeah. Try Imp- to impress him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he's taking me out next time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's worked so far. So yeah. In the um in the culinary world that you live in, do you, do I don't know how do I couch this question? Do people have issues with hunting? Do people hunt? Do, what have you found? You've uh, lived it for 20 years, right? Yeah. There's always a few people that are like, you know, weird about it. But I've just kind of surrounded myself with the people that... What are they weird about? Just the whole perception of it, I guess. And uh, But saying that, every time I do barbecues for friends, it's always wild meat. And so I'm trying to drill it into them. So they know what to expect these days. So <laughs> they know we're going to John's. It's going to be yeah, something it's, it's exotic. It's going to be something out of my freezer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I haven't had too many issues with people. I guess it's as I said, the people I hang around with. They don't if they don't if they disagree. Well, I just don't hang out with them. Mm. <laughs> it's simple. Try to surround myself with people of the same you know same mindset that are open to try stuff where you know most people wouldn't. Yeah, oh man, it's um, well, that's exactly what we're just trying to do. We're just trying to change narratives around who hunters are and what hunting does, and yeah, you know, there's you know, there's a bloodlust you know component to it, but it's very very rare. Yeah, um, I grew up, I guess, when I first started hunting, like when I was young, and you know, would go out to hunt, but would would shoot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was hunting; it was just like you know, yeah. getting out and kind of. You have to get through that. It's almost yeah. like a stage you have to get through. Exactly. But then when I started kind of chefing and that sort of stuff, I started eating it slowly, bit by bit. And then it was just kind of evolving into, I'll go out just for meat now. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if I shoot something, I'm going to take the whole animal out or mm-hmm. 90%, whatever I can. Yeah, Depends sure. how far I am. So, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. I've, uh, you know, at first it was never eating it. My mate's uncle, like we used to go out with, he would always make us bring it back, you know. It'd either go to dog food or he would eat it as well because mm-hmm. he was, you know, living out in the bush. So, mm-hmm. he'd, yeah, that's what we used it for, just pack horses back then. <laughs> he would shoot and tell us to go get it. So, tell me, how did you connect with Eamon and broadside hunting? I've just, well, I've known all those guys over Instagram and that sort of stuff. So, it's one of those, yeah. Did you go and do social like a, a, did you, yeah, social media is amazing. Yeah. Thing. I've never hunted with them, no, but we hunt very uh, similar areas. They hunt on the other side of the hill. We hunt on the other side of the hill. But Two didn't, I think I started following you because didn't you go over there and cook for them? No, I didn't. No, I haven't cooked for those guys, no. They've hit me up a few, for a, one of the um, season things a while back, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, we just kind of, we just chat. Okay. So, yeah, well, I've spoke to him a fair bit, but yeah. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't cooked for those guys yet, no. Okay, okay. When you do a, um, you've got obviously your bush kitchen set up here. Yep. Um, new endeavor. Yeah, trying, trying, trying something different. Like you, I think you told me you like being in many, many restaurants in Sydney, working yep. and overseas. And now it's like, ah, I'm just gonna pull back a little bit. Yeah, COVID kind of hit, and I was just like, yeah, the kind of you know my clientele was, you know, very much Asians, and kind of had to keep the trend up and all that sort of stuff in bakery, and it was just like if I wasn't doing something different now mm. and come in and just got to that point yeah got through COVID and everything else and I was like it's just over it mm-hmm. and uh yeah wanted to do something just back to basics kind of thing um and yeah me and my partner got this place the start of COVID or just before everything went crazy 
and um, pretty cool place to be isolated and locked down. In. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I changed my address on my uh, Service New South Wales app, so I just came up here every day. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't do anything. So until they got caught onto the um, everyone changing their address on the Service New South oh, Wales. Oh, really? App. Is that how everyone got you around? Could just, you could just get onto the app and just change it straight away, and they wouldn't. There was no. So if someone pulled you over, show my phone. They wanted all those apps on the phone at yeah. that time, so I was like, "There you go." I'm going home. Yep. Yep. So I did get pulled over a couple of times, but uh, when there was no one on the highway. Yeah, the <laughs> only police car that I saw, literally the last three or four days, was like two k's from your house. Yeah, I saw one go past. Uh, yeah, that's weird. They don't come down here often. It's a one way <laughs> in, one way out road. So they only usually come down here if there's something happening. So, yeah. Your dog seems to be like reclusive today. Yeah, he's just chilling. Chilling. <laughs> um. So, what do you cook in the bush kitchen? Well, I try to keep everything wild game, and if it's not homegrown, foraged, or yeah, caught, I do a lot of fishing as well, spear fishing. So, um, yeah. So you just people will come. You'll set up a menu. Yep. Yeah, try to have a. I'm trying to do a guest chef once a month. Um, and just do a yeah. So you're the guest chef, or somebody else comes I, in. I bring another yeah, a friend okay. chef that also hunts or something, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And just have like you know a party of twelve or something yeah, like that come well, out and enjoy the the food and the time and the bush and exactly the atmosphere. Yeah. So just seeing how that goes. I've only done a couple so far, so it's only just kind of started. Um, well, as I told you, my sister-in-law, as soon as I showed her, she was like, "Oh my gosh, she looks amazing." <laughs> so well man i appreciate uh one the hospitality allowed me to just drop in like this i know i was coming back from hunting and i was like man trying to just touch base with people that yeah. again social media is a powerful thing yeah it is <laughs> so yeah it's good to yeah well that's where i've met i don't know how many people like over 100%. Uh, over social media 100 percent. actually gonna go do a chat next what next week or two weeks time at a hunting club oh sweet um uh, which would be good um, just again over social media. I'm not part of any clubs or anything. Never really have been. But, yeah, yeah. What's the know, chat about? Oh, just yeah. I guess cooking. Cooking. Yeah. How to butchering, cook it. Butchering. Yeah, bit of everything. Mm. Anything to do with wild game. So they've asked me. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Well, we had um, goat backstrap. Literally 45 minutes out of the goat yesterday. Yeah. It was a young billy. The first one I shot was a young billy. Yep. And the second one was obviously he's he had like foot rot and all sorts yeah, of stuff, man. He was big done. Gnarly old billies. He was like seven, eight years old. He yeah. was done. Super good, good character. Um, but yeah, the um, the that backstrap, the guy chopped it up, kept a little of the uh, the silver skin on. I was like, why are you leaving the silver skin on? He was like, just relax, relax, <laughs> relax, relax. I would have said the same. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, he literally like bathed it in butter, a little bit of brown sugar, um, rosemary, and some other spices, and it was freaking. Yeah. Deli- he just fried it up. It was freaking delicious. Yeah. Didn't it wasn't gamey, it wasn't goaty. There was yeah. one piece that was goaty, but um, yeah, the, the billy's usually if you're gonna get a billy, it's yeah, ninety percent it's gonna be really little goaty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very goaty. <laughs> But got, people like that. Like I've got friends cultures that, that love, love it, it, right? They love the more it. the more goaty the better. Yeah. I've got a German mate and he mate if it's not gamey, he just doesn't like it. Mm. <laughs> I like the nannies and the young ones, but the yeah, the billies I've eaten a few and yeah, again, the the extra gamey goaty, it's not for me, but some people love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, um you've invited me for lunch, so I appreciate it, man. And uh look forward to seeing the culinary delights that come <laughs> out of your kitchen. 
So easy. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.